0: You are listening to the Coaches Ed podcast exclusively on
1: the Rush Podcast Network. Hello, coaches. This is Pablo with Rush Coach Development. Um, I'm really happy and I'm really proud we have Otmar Rush. Did I pronounce it right? Uh, Correct. Very good, very good. I'm, I'm getting better in my German. He's from Hoffenheim, and he was introduced to us by... Uh, Raul Boss, our global sporting director. So a, a big thank uh, thanks for him as well. Otti, how are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Um, so w- would you like to give us a little bit of um, background about yourself, what you're doing now for the club, your your history, so everybody gets to know you?
0: Yeah. I was a soccer player all my life. Uh, I studied sports in Cologne, in Germany. And at the end of my uh, university time, I started my football career. I got up to the second league in Germany. When I ended my career, I uh, changed the job a little bit. I was in a fitness club for about 10 or 12 years. Then I started to be a co-trainer, second trainer in a third league team in Germany again. And this was uh, quite successful. And so I uh, went up the, the ladder, was in a, in the next team and it was successful too. And so I ended in Hoffenheim, first at the second team. And now I'm in the, the sixth year in the... In the first team, the Bundesliga team of Hoffenheim, I'm a rehab and athletic coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, there I started as a, a second coach and athletic coach, and now it changed to rehab and
1: athletic. Very nice. Athletic. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, well, it's a good position in a great club. Um, in fact, um, I know that Hoffenheim has a, a fame for being top-notch in Germany, in terms of players and coach development, is is that right? Yeah, that's right. Very I can't good.
0: say anything more? It's right. No.
1: Very good. And why 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 is that? Well, just being curious now. What, what is it that Hoffenheim does uh, differently or or excels at to to be better than the others in a good sense? And the
0: special thing of Hoffenheim is uh, it was developed by its uh, Father, uh, it's Tidmarov. It's uh, one of the ex-poses uh, from SAP, and uh, he was very fond of, or is uh, very fond of, soccer. And he wanted to give his home club uh, a success and uh, a structure. And he bought the best people he could get at that time. They were fifth league, I think, and then they went up step by step. And he always uh, covered the things that were needed. And he always got the best people to do it. And he he made a a structure for the young players. And it's not only uh, playing soccer. He has uh, things around the club uh, to develop uh, the players in their school time, in their private life, in their character. Uh, It's uh, a... Total program for the players, and that's what makes them, I think, more (coughs) successful. We don't have too much players who make the career, but we have a lot of good players. And the same thing happens with the trainers. So it's not the names uh, that are interesting in Hoffenheim; it's what you do and how you do it. And they even uh, develop the the younger trainers uh, as you can see the the last uh, young trainer we had was Julian Nagelsmann the youngest trainer in the Bundesliga ever and this was one of the risks Hoffenheim is taking yeah they they don't mm-hmm. uh, say we we need the traditional way we just do our way and we
1: we like to do risks so it seems to be good very good very good very good and um, so. So, Audi, of course, you, you as you were saying, you you are a sports uh, scientist. I mean, you started sport sports science, and um, but you specialize in rehab, correct?
0: Yeah, I specialized while I was doing the trainer job. I, first, I was second trainer and athletic trainer. I was in the in the uh, fourth and third league first, and there uh, the money is not so good and you don't have a lot of people around so i had to do a lot things in one person and it worked very well and uh, so i got up and up and when you go in the higher classes there are more people around and there are other co-trainers and co-trainers who know the the chief trainer and the chief trainer wants them to be with him and so i turned to be the the rehab trainer, and I said, I don't mind, I do what I have to do. And so it, well,
1: it ended now in, in this rehab job. Very good. Very good. Now, um, now, of course, so, um, but, but like, like I was saying, like you're a sports, sports scientist. So from an overall, I, I was wondering while you were telling us the story, I mean, Hoffenheim, a, a big club that that is world-renowned for, for its youth divisions, um, how do, you, how do you face the, the idea of conditioning? How do you structure in, in, in a club with the resources that Hoffenheim has for the youth divisions? How, how, how's that? We're very uh,
0: tight connected with, with all the trainers. So uh, when I started, we had meetings almost every week. So that was at the very beginning of the club. And uh, we we um, made a, a philosophy of the game. How do we want to play? And we made a philosophy of athletic. What are the, the uh, goals of our athletic training? What is uh, the thing our youth players have to do? Where do they have to end? In which age? And uh, this structure still is alive. And we keep
1: to it and... It seems to be successful. Very nice, very nice. What are what are your your thoughts in that sense um, when it comes to conditioning? This this is quite an opinion, and please feel free to disagree. Right, but um, I feel like this in in soccer and when it comes to conditioning as well, there's a lot of science, but there's also a little bit of art on it. So. Um, you know we we have conditioning coaches and trainers that that believe in very different methods um, what's uh, what's what are your thoughts in that sense in in terms of conditioning for soccer yeah everybody says uh, soccer
0: is getting faster uh, and it's more athletic uh, maybe I'm not quite sure whether it's right uh, it's sure that uh, the clubs are looking for fast players, and that's why the, the speed is going up in, in, the, uh, in the game mm-hmm. and in the players' uh, comparison. But uh, I think it's not uh, because the training is more in, in uh, speed training. Uh, I think what is not very much recognized is how the uh, players uh, should uh, regenerate. So mm-hmm. the the game is a mix of uh, strength, of speed, of uh, what, what is ausdauer uh, in English, hard uh, uh, hard uh, conditioning, uh, and mm-hmm. uh, it depends on on the mix. What what is what you want from your team, and uh, what is not very much uh, respected i think is the the mental part the uh, the tension the, the mental tension of the players and the uh, the exhausting uh, thing that uh, happens mentally so that's mm-hmm. one part that should be uh, uh i think recognized more or uh uh well, you should take a look at that and if your players mm-hmm. are mentally uh, exhausted the risk that they are that they get injured is very high it's not only the the physics, the physics. and the, yeah. the the body
1: work it's the head too mm-hmm. uh-huh. that's interesting actually that's and, and, it's, and it's true and um and do you have any um approaches in that sense to recognize like hey this player it's it's because i like what you're saying and, and it's true i um i heard once from menotti and he took him from somebody else as well um saying like hey it's you know there's a difference between being tired and feeling tired it's not necessarily the same and then it's it's this mental component that you're that you're mentioning yeah. and um and what what do you do in your in your everyday um, work to, to say to try to recognize or or to find like red flags to say hey this player seems to be mentally we
0: have we have a, a monitoring app where the players have to give their uh, condition every day it's four or five questions uh, now we mm-hmm. have one more for the virus yeah, whether they feel good or. Uh-huh. Do they feel a fever or cough or something like that? And uh, usually uh, they have to answer how do you feel uh, with your body? How do you feel mental? How was your sleep? And so on and so on. And we take those. It's, it's from zero to ten. Yeah. And when they are five or lower, we ask them what's up. And then we react. And we have... Uh, As a second thing, as all the other teams do the same, we have the the tracking on the field and on the training, but that's, that are numbers. And the monitoring gives us numbers too, but it's uh, what the the players say from themselves. And that's a a very important thing for us to structure Mm -hmm. the training and take them out. If, if they're down all
1: the time, we take them out. Ah, that's interesting. So, so that's, that's a really interesting approach. So basically you don't do it by, so it, is it by day? Like, do you take, do you take like measurements depending on one day or it's more, or, or your your guys are trying to find like consistency, like somebody that is reporting two, three, four days in a row? Yeah. Not we, at the,
0: at we do it every day, but we have a, a I don't quite know. It's 21 or 28 days and you see the, the curve uh, and when it's going mm. down, we react.
1: Huh. That's super interesting. That's a super interesting approach. Very cool. Very cool. Um, what do you think are the... It's interesting, trying to follow your, your, your line of thinking. Um, you were saying one of the one of the components that, that that creates a lot of injuries is actually being mentally exhausted what what others uh, what other mistakes do you commonly see in the way that we prepare players that that could lead to injuries i don't think it's mistakes sometimes
0: it's the player himself because he, he doesn't say anything. So some players, especially the young players, maybe this is a mistake of the mm-hmm. trainer too, but the young players don't say anything. When they're exhausted, they just do more and more and more, because uh, they they want to show themselves. Yeah. Uh, and you have to get the feeling what is enough and what is too much. Uh,
1: that's, that's really interesting. I, I, I really... I love what you're saying because I'm. You're highlighting the mental component and the communication at the end, right? It's not. I like it because you're not really talking about series or repetitions. You're saying, "Hey, the communication that you have with the player, it's it's key, no, for him to trust you to actually tell you that he's exhausted." Um, and and you know your
0: players, so if I have a player. Who is always exhausted? I know what I can uh, give him, yeah, and I know I I can take him serious. Uh, but you can compare the the numbers, the the tracking data you have. You can compare what he's doing on the field, and you even can compare his position in the team. So there, are, often there, you have players they they're not uh, really uh, accepted in the team, and uh, they're. Uh, yeah their excuses to be exhausted and this and that and and everything and if you take all these parts together, you get a picture of the player, and then you can say, yeah this is serious, and this might be not serious yeah
1: completely that's really interesting. That's a really good approach i like it I like it a lot and what do you think about um for instance um I was having a conversation about this not very long ago. All the, the all the uh, injury prevention protocols, like the FIFA Eleven Plus, well, what, what do you think about it? Uh, that's okay, but it's it's all standard.
0: Uh, it's uh, a standard compilation of of everything of a stabilization, of of running, of mobilization. I think it's good to to show trainers and and to give them an idea what what is content of a complete training and uh, maybe in in some trainings you forget something and uh, stabilization is because you don't have time is is not enough uh, part of the training or mobilization yeah, and this is a, a good thing to structure the training and to have all the ideas inside. You can choose other uh, exercises and you can have a, uh, own ideas. That's no problem. It's just mm-hmm. the the, uh, the collection of everything. Yeah. Therefore, I think it's very good.
1: Me too. Me too. I actually agree with you. I think it's a good guide. It's simple. Um, it's a reminder yeah um it doesn't it doesn't hurt at all
0: yeah
1: um very nice, very good. and um um and talking about uh, something that that you deal with all the time and that um I particularly think that um coaches at least in the United States, they are not um the, the education that we receive it's not very broad in this that is when it comes to um rehab when it comes to the rehabilitation and the return to play periods um how do you how do you face that 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 period yeah as i told you we
0: we are very uh tight connected so we have our own rehab uh with trainers and uh, physiotherapists who do the the very first part after an operation and they guide the player until he's able to to run or even come on the field and then the players come to me and I get the information from the rehab, what's going on, how far is the, the player, when does he come to me and then we uh, join, Yeah, I get the player part-time, the rehab has the player part-time and as more as he's coming to play soccer, he's with me and I do the soccer training and the, the chief trainer uh, gets information from me. We, we have a, a meeting every day about all our players, all our professional players. And uh, we talk about each player. So if there is one injured player, I have to get the information to the athletic coach, to the uh, doc, to the other physiotherapist. So everyone is informed about the the momentary uh, stand of a player. And the, the chief trainer knows, OK, uh, this player is out for the next four weeks so it's, it's no option and when it's coming close to to team training the chief trainer is informed and i contact the co-trainers and say okay uh, take this player part of the training and then they choose the training in the week what is fitting to the player or where he can uh, mm-hmm. take part Parts just a warm-up or or the uh, small game so whatever so it's step by step going to the next uh, uh, team or to the next training and at the end is uh, in the team training back again so it's uh, small steps and um, it's the best way we can do it and I think the, the uh, difference to a lot of clubs is that they send their players to the rehab and the player comes comes back and then he's in the training he's in a full training and I think this is a real problem for most of the players who come back
1: I follow you I follow you. And, and in fact I was uh I was talking to a colleague she's a physical trainer in uh in another podcast that we recorded and she was saying uh I asked her what would be the advice that you would give uh youth coaches uh dealing with players that are trying to return to play, right? And of course we're thinking about uh clubs that are smaller, that don't really have that, that many resources. And um and she said the same. She said uh, gradualism, like do small steps, don't don't put the player on the field too quick because it's it's dangerous. Would you give the same advice? Sure. Uh, and
0: we, we have some tests that we uh, integrate. And if the player uh, doesn't pass the test, he's not going to the next step. So he has to do uh, workout again and exercises again until he passes the test. Oh, that's interesting. And we have a, we have a football test too. So they have to do some exercises in my training uh, with high intensity. And if they don't stand it, they don't come back to the team.
1: Huh? That's interesting. How? How? Do Do you have an example, for instance, or? Of I I developed a parkour. So I,
0: I took a game from us. And I took five minutes of uh, our position six. So that's the one who's running most and uh, was the most uh, um, things to do and concentrate and get the balls. And I took the, the distances and I took the speeds and I, I made a kind of parkour on a whole field. So it's for player, a whole field. And he has to run the stations, he gets uh, passes from me, he has to go in, uh, in uh, uh, duels yeah, with me or with other players when I have them. Uh, he has to shoot and it's almost the, the rhythm that is in a game and he has to do it for those five minutes, then it's one or two minutes uh, pause and then again it's four or five times. It's very intensive and uh, mm-hmm. that's part of the test. Uh, so if if he's exhausted or if he gets pain, uh, it shouldn't be. So if I let them go in this parkour, I'm quite sure they will stay.
1: Yeah, completely. That's that's <laughs> that's that's really interesting. Anyway, and what was what was the what was the injury that the player had? It doesn't matter.
0: I had uh, the uh, crucial bend. I had. Uh, Knee bends. I had uh, broken uh, bones. Everything. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So w- when he's in this stadium, uh, yeah. he's ready for training. Yeah, we talk about coming back to a game. So it doesn't matter what the injury was. He's fit
1: then. He no, for be sure. fit. Has, yeah. has to be full to recover for sure. I, th- I thought you were, you were uh, relating to a particular case in, in this in this. For that analysis that you were saying about
0: number six, no, no, it was just I took just a a player where I can say, okay, this is uh, high intensity in the game. So if I take the the, the, the bad example, the goalkeeper, yeah, he won't run as much, and uh, it it doesn't make sense. So I don't, um, I don't take the position of the player to get him fit. I, I want to have him running the, the most and the fastest. That's the criteria. Uh, if if he's a, a back player, it uh, mm-hmm. doesn't mean he doesn't have to shoot. So he has to do everything mm-hmm. and every player has to do everything. And if he's fit for that, he can go back to the training.
1: Very nice. That's very that's very interesting, It's a, nice, a very good approach. Um, oh let me ask you something, and and I think, you know, it's taking advantage that we have somebody from a, a club like yours, um, I think myself and a lot of a lot of coaches in our network, um, they wonder, um, what advice would you give them for for us? for coaches that are aspiring to work in a club like Hoffenheim, like, what would you say? Like, hey, this, of course, there's no recipe, there's no one size fits all, but what would be the advice you would say, if you want to reach a club like this one, these are the things that you have to accomplish. Uh, It's it's still a lot of
0: connections of network, making network, but at the end, it's uh, how um, how you work, Uh, how you have uh, success in your teams. So even if you're in a small team, do your best and and try to have success and be good to the players. So we have uh, some players who came from from small clubs, from lower clubs. And it's not, if you work with a professional player, it's not different. They're all the same human beings and they're young boys. And there's no difference, I think, between a, a lower league and the higher league. Uh, so, just be as you are and, and don't think you have to be different and great and, and cooler if you're with professionals. And, uh, yeah, you have to have connections. So, if you want to be fast to go up to a top-level club, go there, and make uh, practice time there, uh, try to be in hospitations and things
1: like that. hmm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. I think everybody's honest about, about that in the world of soccer. Uh, it's very about networking. Of course, the, the, the basic thing is you have to be very good at what you do. But for sure, networking is very important in our industry. Um, Oti, thank you so so much for, for taking the time. My my The, the last minute, I always like um, giving space for... For the for the guest to to express something to express an idea or a message that you would like to give to the fifteen hundred coaches that are that are probably going to listen to this this podcast. So if there's something that you would like to share with them, please. Go ahead. If I knew it was
0: fifteen hundred, I would have been nervous. So I, say- <laughs> uh, I think the advice was what I said uh, at the moment: uh, be yourself. Uh, Be human, don't think professionals are other people and and stay to be a colleague to your other colleagues. Don't try to run uh, somebody over. Uh, If you don't make it uh, one step higher, just wait. You don't have to kill the other people. So be a colleague and work with the others. So I know some uh, clubs where there's more uh, fighting against each other than working with another, and I think that's the the great thing in Hoffenheim. It's a lot of working together and uh, give the others their space and try to do the best with all the others. Uh,
1: be a team, even as a functioneer. Very good, brilliant, brilliant. Oti, is there anything that I didn't ask you that I should? Have? Oh, a lot of things, but <laughs> I think the time is.
0: Uh, not enough to ask everything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> very good. Well, we can always do a second yeah. part. Very good. Very good. Well, Othi, thank you very much again for your time. And it, it's been I a pleasure. Thank you. You again. My pleasure. Goodbye.
0: Think, 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 thanks for listening to coaches education exclusively on the rush podcast. Network.